You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Gabe. And I'm Nick. And we host the Facing Off Podcast, and we are inviting you to give our podcast a listen. On Facing Off, Gabe and I take two movies we find to be similar, and we compare, contrast, and rate them in our own unique way. We pair movies across all genres. As long as there's a common thread between the two movies, we'll face them off. We also give these movies awards at the end of the episode. Sometimes we even rank our favorite movies uh, based on some specific criteria. So after finishing this podcast, please go and listen to Facing Off, which can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts simply by searching for Facing Off. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter by looking up Facing Off Pod podcast is all very scientific we don't have time to get into it right now i guess you'll just have to listen to find out i guess so hey these are the movies that molded me these are the movies that molded me jala the movies jala the movies hey one love hey i like the movies with the boobies Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Movies That Molded Me. Now, today we've got... And they, and they include everybody. Don't be so exclusive. Oh, goodness gracious. I guess I should be inclusive, right? Yes. Ladies, gentlemen, and anyone else who does not uh, fall in that category, welcome. Uh, we've got our usual cast of suspects here. We've got Omar. We've got Elizabeth. Hey. And joining us today is a friend of the Fade to Grey family uh, whose episode called News for Noobs World War Three Or fake news. Ash, welcome to the podcast. How's it going, you guys? You got to know you called it World War Three. That's kind of hilarious. I, I think it was World War Three or fake news. Yeah, that's right. Like. <laughs> there was a question mark in there, too. So that's right. Yeah. Mm. And that, that episode turned out great. So we're really happy to have you here on Movies That Molded Me. And it's a special episode because, well, as you all know, it is February, the shortest month of the year. February. And. <laughs> It's also <laughs> shut your I face. Think a, I think there's a U in there someplace. <laughs> and it's also Black History Month, right? So we thought we would celebrate Shortest month of the year. What a shame! Exactly. We thought we would celebrate, uh, of course, Black people in film. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're talking about our top movies. Uh, it's not cliche at all. <laughs> Maybe not be cliche, but you know what? They deserve to be celebrated. They're not celebrated enough. Uh, by the time this airs, you will have seen the Oscars and very doubtful that there will be too many black movies included. So um, very excited to do this episode. We You don't think Dolomite's going to get win a bunch of Oscars this year? It's not. Chris? No, it's not even nominated. So, yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, or at least I don't think it is. I need to go back and check, but I do not think that it's nominated. Um, but anyway, we always let our guest start out. Um, but here's what I'm thinking. Since Ash and Omar are black, we should let them decide the order. Give them the advantage this time around since the white people have had so much advantage. Ash is more full black. I'm only half black, so... <laughs> I'm going to allow him to go first. Oh, he's he's definitely had it worse than me. <laughs> but I do I do have the one drop rule. So. Here's the thing. Both my grandmother and my mother were born in Africa. So does that give me any points? No, no. <laughs> well, it's Black <laughs> History Month, not African History Month. That's so. right. Uh, okay, and you've had right. black in you, though. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just last night. That was good, too. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's keep the listeners. So yeah, so I think we just got a few listeners. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> the movies with the boobies. <laughs> yeah, seeing as how it is Black History Month, and we are doing the whole cliche thing of doing black movies, which I think is a great idea. I was looking at the list; there are some really good ones, and some ones that truly have molded me throughout my my life. Actually, it's funny. It's one from my childhood, one for recently, and then one in my, my teens. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. But Chris, I hate to break it to you um, since, you know, it's the shortest month of the year. It's Black History Month. <laughs> it's special Black Edition episode. Um, you will be paying reparations in this episode. So uh, <laughs> me and Ash's score, I think we should be able to vote like on a one to 10 scale. And you guys are on a, still on the, on the one to five for the great scale. Uh, <laughs> what do you how, think about that, funny, Ash? It sounds good and fair to me. <laughs> how yeah. funny would it be if I actually end up winning in the end on this episode? That'd be so bad. Damn. So bad. <laughs> A uh, typical white guy exactly. winning all the time. Prove the system is rigged against this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I've noticed as we've done, this is going to be like, I guess, our seventh episode that we're going to release, something along those yes. lines. Um, I have noticed that there is definitely more of an advantage in going first um, because if someone steals a, a good movie you had on your list, then and it scores highly, you could just watch those score, those points being like, those could have been mine. So, so yeah, so we'll let Ash go first for sure. And then Chris, um, being the Sith gender white male, you, you get to go last in this Did episode. Did you say so. Sith gender? Sith? I am Sith gendered Sith. He is the because Sith I'm the dark lord of the Sith. <laughs> he, has, he has no soul. <laughs> Hey, it's 2020. You could be as many genders as you want, and he could be a Sith gender as he wants to. That's right. I think there's actually a pretty good advantage to going last because if I want to change up my picks after you guys go first, I can. One of our last guests got got mad about that. Well, they can get over it. Uh, It's our game, not theirs. Ash, what is your third favorite black movie of all time it sounds so weird saying that <laughs> can, we, can, can we call it something else i know black right movie of all time um <laughs> most hmm. of yeah, th- there's not a lot of we don't have like good choices here i guess we can go black and go like negroid but like that's you know what i'm saying I think black <laughs> i'm not saying awesome. that I mean, it, it was it was African American for most of my growing up life, you know, yeah. and then just in the last five years, it's been a more push to black, which makes sense because it's more inclusive and not everybody is from Africa who has, yeah. you know, darker skin. But and so, technically, we're all African American because we all started oh my out in God, Africa. Shut up. I mean, I've met some South <laughs> African immigrants and they were like, anti African American. And I was like, damn, you got me. Like, so yeah, black is. I much prefer black anyway. It's like a good middle road between being not pretentious and just kind of matter of fact, you know, like I am black. It is what it is. Uh, so we'll stick with black movies then. Black movies. Third favorite, you ask? Third favorite. Um, as I have them written down, I didn't write them down in any order, but I guess it, it more or less works. Um, I chose Deep Cover. Have you guys have heard of that movie? I'm not sure. Give me a synopsis. It. Deep Cover. So it's in a the year it came out. Deep Cover was a crime drama in 1992. It's a, a sort of a crime drama thriller, you know, sort of movie uh, starring Lawrence Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum. Hmm. Um, it's about a undercover cop, hence the title Deep Cover. He goes undercover into the uh, crime scene of, of uh, L.A. 
with the objective of inf- getting really, really deep into infiltrating the, the, the drug trade and gets into like South American drug connections and all sort of stuff. Jeff Goldblum is initially, I want to say like his uh, accountant as he gets further into it, but then Jeff Goldblum sort of goes off the deep end himself. So he, it's very subtle. Like at the beginning, he's sort of this wimpy character off to the side, but it's a, a real kind of sleight of hand that by the end, he actually becomes the, the antagonist, hmm. which I always love in movies when they sort of subvert your expectations of who the actual bad guy is going to be in the end. That's why I see yeah. My personal feelings, which, you know, I always think is separate from like an academic rating of things, right? Like sometimes what you like isn't, frankly speaking, that good on paper, but it, it strikes a chord with you. So personally, I mean, it's a five, like easily, right? It's one of yeah. my favorite movies. Well, you get uh, to score out of a 10. Don't forget about reparations. Oh my goodness. That's right. Are we really doing that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the acting's good. You know, the story's compelling. Um the only issue I would really say the movie has is first off, it's kind of a, a low budget nineties movie. So you're not going to have, you know, inter- uh, you know, stellar uh, special effects. Cinematography is going to be pretty basic. Um, so that's why I'd say it wouldn't get a perfect score, but if you haven't seen it, it's worth a, it's worth a look and it's a really sort of slick, compelling uh, crime drama and nice in the fact that it did have a, a black lead, you know, um, it didn't need to, it's one of my favorite kind of movies in this, in this, subject because it, it works just fine whoever you cast is not necessarily about being black it's just a great movie and it's like there's a black guy which i think is good for just showing um just the ability of, of black people to just do, be more than just the subject of of race controversy the or, or poverty you know? yeah. yeah yeah absolutely awesome. great movie awesome so has anybody else seen this movie because i'm thinking maybe the reparations would really help this movie because <laughs> 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 I don't think I, I like Lawrence Fishburne. I actually uh, actually looked this up as we were talking about it, and I don't think I've seen it. If I have, it was one of those things that you know came on late night TV or something like that, and I ended up just mm. watching it without because this like 1992, like you said, it's a fairly older movie. Yeah, yeah um, it's old. No, I have not seen it. Um, Elizabeth, no, I no, I don't think I've seen it either. I was looking at the IMDb. Uh, page for it and uh, no I don't think I have seen this one before I'm going to take the L on this and just be like this is some activism go see it because it's a great movie that a lot of people haven't checked out yeah cool and, uh, Yeah, I love doing that with movies because there's a lot of movies out there that people just missed or didn't get to see and they you know are totally deserving I'm also reading right now that Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre did the uh, soundtrack so that's kind of yes, cool yes they did yes they did yeah. yeah when they were up and coming that's true cool. that's awesome so deep cover is going to get a five on the grayscale, and uh, we may have to talk about reparations later on. It's interesting you mentioned Lawrence Fishburne though too, because um, this did not make my list because it's not a black movie. But we were discussing before we started recording how Matrix was almost a black movie as they were <laughs> yes. going to uh, cast. Will Smith as Neo. It would have been so much better. So much better if Will Smith had been Neo. Will Smith is Neo. Jada Pinkett Smith is, is uh, Trinity. Trinity. The rest of the Seriously. cast pretty much the same. Yeah. Oh, man. That would have been such a good movie. Jada Pinkett ended up in the Matrix trilogy, but... Anyway, yeah. I mean, Will Smith is a great actor. Uh, I don't... We'll see if he makes any of our list, but uh, because it is interesting, though. He just didn't want to be the alien guy, so... That's crazy. opted out. Mm. Anyway, my Stage. number three... 
Uh, we're just gonna bring you guys all the way back to 1985, and this is another deep cut that like I am probably going to be risking a lot here. Not not sure if you guys have seen this. Um, I actually uh, saw this <laughs> uh, in my childhood, and as I'm reading over the plotline and synopsis, I'm like, holy crap! I'm glad I missed a lot of this as a kid. <laughs> but um, Danny Glover, Whoopi Goldberg, and Oprah Winfrey in The Color Purple. Damn it. Ooh. This made my list. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's a great, great movie. The thing that caught my attention when I was a child was somebody from my neighborhood in North Carolina was an extra in that movie. A little really? Girl. And I think she actually had the speaking part uh, that when uh, they're in the kind of dilapidated house with the hole in the roof and the little girl's like, like, mister, it's going to rain on your head. Like, oh, yeah. I think that's her. So Wow. So, yeah, so the... The plot storyline basically follows the life of Seely 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 Johnson, uh, played by Whoopi Goldberg, uh, which I mean she did an amazing job in in this movie. I mean, really, the acting is great in this movie. Uh, as she struggles through life, you know, she's like fourteen years old, pregnant by her father. You later find out it's her stepfather. Um, just completely mistreated her like her entire life. Um, this local fa- uh, farmer called Mister in the movie uh, comes around trying to basically marry Celie's younger sister, Nettie. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but the, her dad basically didn't allow it and got rid of Celie instead, made the farmer take Celie and he wasn't happy about it at first and obviously mistreated her even horribly with more abuse, like oh, yeah. verbally, physically, you know, everything is just, she, she had it bad. She really had it bad. And then the story kind of changes um, when uh, Mister's lover, uh, Suge Avery, c- comes in to, to visit. And you when, when show she, is <laughs> ugly. <laughs> and when she <laughs> when she comes to visit, she basically kind of empowers Celie to understand that she's more than just like the servant, and she has sway. Long story short, she uses kind of like her pull of running this guy's house um, to get her sister and two kids back in her life. And it's really this huge, heartwarming, like tear-jerker story. Uh, great movie for the time, especially in ni- you know, 1985. Obviously, Spielberg's huge. Uh, Glover, you know, you know, o- Oprah is basically God, so... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, this movie definitely was on my list too. This was going to be my number two. Um, I was really touched by this movie whenever I saw it as a kid, and I watched it multiple times. It's one of those movies that always came on, and uh, my mom would always, you know, whenever it came on, we would watch it. It's it's a really intimate look into familial relationships and actually even into gender roles and family, um, which is really interesting for the time. And certainly you've got people like Oprah Winfrey playing a, a strong black woman, whereas Celie is this completely um, docile and timid, shy person who just completely gets taken advantage of, you know, so you see that there's, it, did we mention it was the early 1900s? I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Yeah. Set ni- I think it starts out in like 1909 or something like that. Um, but either way, this was probably the first movie I can remember that made me cry. Um, it's <laughs> such a great movie. Um, and I think that it's kind of gotten a little bit of flack because Steven Spielberg directed it and he's a white guy. And I, I, I've, I've heard like a little bit of to add to that real quick. The controversy um, was, it wasn't simply that he directed it, but it was a lot of people felt that the depiction of uh, 
the main characters being black was was not empowering. Mm. And on top of that, you had a guy directed who was not black. Um, and if you want to get really into it specifically, him being Jewish had to do with the controversy when it came to like the black Muslims and stuff like that. Mm, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Has everyone seen this? Have you seen this? Page? I have. Absolutely. I don't think I have. I was trying to remember. <clears throat> There's one movie I was trying to think of the name of, and I can't remember. And as you're describing it, I thought at first it was it, but no, I don't think I've actually seen it. For motability, I'll go ahead and vote on it. For motability and acting and all that, I'll give it 4.2. Okay, 4.2. Ash, have you seen The Color Purple? I have, and this one's, uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, great movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It came out so long ago. Um, yeah, what year were you born, though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I've only seen it, like, watching it later. But that being said, um, moldability, I can't give it that one but fantastically acted fantastically directed obviously the cinematography is going point we're talking about yeah. steven spielberg yeah so what would that make it that would give it a a four would it yeah yeah solid four man but yeah great movie i just personally i the other movies i, I feel molded me more okay um this movie i'm going to actually give a five uh i definitely was a movie that molded me and like i said probably the first time that i ever got emotional at a film uh as a kid so uh this is going to give the color purple a 13.2 on the gray scale that brings us to you elizabeth what is your third favorite black movie of all time and elizabeth you would actually like that movie babe so oh it's wonderful that's why yeah that's why i was thinking i was like oh man how have i not seen this okay it's quotable too by the way yeah yeah lots of good quotes all right, I'm going, oh, this is such a stupid movie, but I really loved it. <laughs> I really hope it's not one of my picks. I'm so nervous. Okay, Drumline, 2002. Oh, okay. okay. It's, not a, it's not a moldable movie, but I mean, it's not like a moldable the movie. movie. It's good. It's, it's not a quotable movie. What I loved about the movie, the guys were hot. And the music, <laughs> the drum lines were amazing. I'm sorry. Yeah. You got me like with my favorite type of man. Like, don't put me on this episode if you don't want me to talk about this. I was hoping somebody would pick that. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I was hoping so. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, good. I, liked, I don't like the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm that's sorry, the thing. Know. Like, the storyline isn't really fantastic. It's not really, uh, the acting is not a thing. Um, but the drumming was so scenes, incredible. Real, yeah. And mm. like it, as a musician watching, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is incredible drumming. That's why you watch it. You watch it for the drum line. And yeah. I wished that I had grown up in the South so that I could go be in a, in a drum line because they don't really have those up here. <laughs> you have to play clarinet if you're going to be up here. And I don't clarinet remind me again babe is this the one at the very end pity pablo comes out and plays like <laughs> pity pablo. there's, there's some there's some drum line movie where at, at the end uh, pity pablo came out and did some song and it wasn't take your shirt off twist around like a helicopter but do you not do you not know babe i'm asking no. you this is your movie okay. no it's it's two it's like two college bands at a football game coming out and playing against each other and then like yeah, I know it, the there's movie. There's no solos. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so drumline, I'm going to give it <laughs> two. Yeah. <laughs> it was your pick. <laughs> I know. 
I know. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. It molded me. That's, That's the problem, pretty. though. I kept rewatching the thing because the drumline was so awesome. So if it ke- if you kept watching it and it molded you, that's I mean that's. That's a two. Is there anything else about it that's worthy of giving points to? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Elizabeth gives Drumline a two. Uh, Ash, you were saying you hope this movie got on here. So tell me a little bit about why you wanted this movie on here. Uh, nothing deep, man. Nothing at all deep. I just, I was thinking about, you know, the movies I could say. And I was like, God, I hated Drumline. And I was like, I hope somebody <laughs> says it just so we can talk about how bad I thought it was. Um, that being said, I got to give, I mean, sure. If we're grading it, uh, entertainment factor, because it is like a very kinetic movie and I could see how that would be entertaining. And yeah, I used to, I used to dance, um, sort of professionally when I was young. I thought, be, I think we talked about this before. I thought it'd be my job when I was a teenager. So yeah, you're a hell of a good kind, dancer. Uh, I like to think so. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, it's in that, it's in that world. So there's an innate appeal, but yeah, no, it, I, I, I guess I'll give it a one, you know, because I can see how it's in the thing. <laughs> yes. It's maybe I got the lowest point. movie ever, <laughs> ever right, scored. For the, for the record, I'm going to, I get to score this movie. I have seen this movie a handful of times. I thought it was actually pretty good. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, right? Uh, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. It's Nick Cannon. Okay. So, motherfucking Nick Cannon. <laughs> I got Michael B. Jordan in one of my movies, but yeah, motherfucking Nick what? Cannon. <laughs> I guess they all look alike, don't they, Omar? <laughs> Well, it, oh, those two really do look a lot alike, especially, especially when they were kids. I don't know what this whole... Yeah. Chris, you, you get points deducted for that one. No, right. I'm not saying this that you are. History, right? Damn it. Watch it. Definitely was not saying that. Not I you're saying, oh, you're saying my, my, my brother? Uh, for the, for, yes, thank you, Ash. Uh, for the record... Pity Pablo is in that movie. I had to look it up while you guys were talking. Everybody looked at me like I was stupid. But apparently, I know more about this movie than the rest of you. And being from North Carolina, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it was kind of a big deal. Um, there was a couple really intense scenes, uh, like you know, the stare-off or the, the dude's drumming on the other guy's drum. They get in this big fight. Um, yeah, but that's not a good a, scene. But not a great movie. So I will give it a <laughs> 2. two point three okay so that means because i have not seen this movie that drumline is going to get a 5.3 on the great this no. is the lowest rated movie oh, yes yeah. it is <laughs> yeah sorry because yeah. you give it a two ash gives it a one omar gives it a 2.3 for 5.3 on the gray scale all right <laughs> that is pretty bad i need yeah. everyone to rush out and go see drumline <laughs> <laughs> With not Michael B. Jordan in it. <laughs> With not Michael B. Jordan. They both got <laughs> weak jaws and, and thick eyebrows. So Fucking yeah. Wilding out, man. <laughs> Nick Cannon. It's my turn. Um, and I'm going to go with one of my funny thing is, is that all three of the movies that I've chosen here, well, I had them replace one, but uh, most of the movies I'm going to be talking about today are actually some of my top favorite movies of all time. So um, this one definitely molded me as a kid. I watched it over and over. It's one of the movies I've probably seen most of my life. Uh, and I'm talking about 1988, John Landis directed Coming to America, starring uh, yes. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, uh, who, of course, play multiple roles in the movie. Uh, but Eddie Murphy's main role, of course, is Akeem Jaffer, who is the Prince of Zamunda. Yes. And he's being forced into an arranged marriage by, of course, the king, uh, played by James Earl Jones. And he's no. not like 
<laughs> and he's not super into it. Uh, so he kind of devises a plan. He's going to go to America to find his queen. And so, of course, he goes to Queens, New York. Uh, ends up working at a McDonald's ripoff called McDowell's and the <laughs> owner's daughter is who ends up of course being the person he falls in love with. And uh, I just, this movie is so much fun. Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedians of all times. There's so many really great uh, jokes in this movie, certainly racial stereotypes as well. Like for example, uh, soul glow. Okay. Um, anybody? <laughs> just- <laughs> yeah. That's Feeling it. all That's so it. silky smooth. He was so young in this movie. It's such a great movie. <laughs> um, I love this movie. There's so many quotes. I mean, I could literally quote it all day long. So what uh, What do you all think about coming to America? Oh, my goodness. That is easily um, a four. Once again, similar to what I said about deep cover. It, it, just, it just comes from a time and, and uh, um, well, frankly speaking, like when you have those sort of spearheaded by black uh uh, filmmakers, you know, type movies, you tend to not get great um, a budget. So yeah. things like special effects and cinematography are kind of hard to, to pull off. But in every other way, yeah, it's a, it's an excellent, um, not just comedy, but movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, the acting is good for what it's meant to be. Absolutely. In a, in a comedy, you know? The writing's obviously, if we're judging the writing on, on the comedy rubric, it's great. But then at the same time, it is a nice story, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember growing mm-hmm. up and there was that scene in the movie on the subway, when when he sort of has it out with the, with the love interest, mm-hmm. and she's you know mad because he didn't tell her he was a prince, and he kind of basically raised the question: Had I told you, how could I know that you love me? Which is obviously sort of a poignant thing to get at. Like, but then when she leaves, there's that little old lady who's like, "If you're really a prince, I'll marry you." Right. And he gives her the, the earrings. Since I was a wee lad, I looked at it was, I was incredibly touching. Some thought that was like just really romantic, but then sort of like sad at the same time. Yeah. Just, it's a good movie in every way. It's a great Um, scene. Yeah. Did you say we lad? I I was a a we lad in the highlands of Oakland, California. Nice. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to use my, my black history month multiplier on this too, and boost up my four to an eight. So, (laughs) but uh, yeah, great movie, man. I'm gonna give it a solid four. Awesome. Awesome. This was my number two on my list. I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, we just recently purchased it, so we that's did. why I figured I'd let you talk about it first. <laughs> yeah, because it was one of those ones that um, my dad would watch on repeat whenever it would come on the TV. We didn't own it, but we had cable, so it was on ca- one of those cable movies, and whenever it was on, we made sure to watch it. So I thought it was great. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four as well. Yeah, it's it's a great movie, and when Elizabeth brought it home, and I think it's been watched at least three or four times now since it's mm-hmm. been brought home last week. Kids love it. Um, don't really know that it's a kids movie, but hey, that's... Nope. <laughs> that's <laughs> There's all, some boobies at the beginning I completely question. forgot about because I usually watch the TV version. So we... Oh, I loved know. that part when I was a kid. Oh, I'm sure. The movies sure. with the boobies. In, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I give this movie a uh, 4.3. It's really good. And just seeing Arsenio Hall... And Eddie Murphy, like that young again, was just, I don't know, it, it warmed my heart. I, there was something about it on this, on nostalgia, just like, that's the, the, his prime. You know, that's mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously people may say like the Nay Professor days, it was probably like his most profitable uh, time, but that's his acting and that movie was, I mean, I don't know how many different like characters he plays, like the barbershop 
scene. <laughs> he even plays the uh, old Jewish guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did a bang up job. You know, one of the cool things about that movie, as far as like the little, you know, the film history, the film sort of archaeology of it is like people didn't know that was him. Right. When it first came out, and it was like actually kind of a thing for a few years. You're like, what? No, that wasn't Eddie Murphy. And he had to confirm it. He was like, yeah, I played those parts, man. Yeah. It was incredible. Great job. Yeah. I, I think did this I give is it? also Cuba getting, you gave it a 4.3. Give it a 4.7. All right. There we go. Let me change right. that real quick. No multiplier, my brother. <laughs> well, well, we'll see it. We'll see at the end if, if, if they want to do that or not. But right. <laughs> what are you I, I just, yeah. this movie is also, well, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, this movie is extremely quotable. Um, I mean, I, I cannot believe it. <laughs> it is you. Uh, this movie is going to end up getting a 17.7 nice. uh, on the grayscale. Who was that man? Just some man I met in the bathroom. <laughs> it's God. It's so good. It's so good. My name is peaches and I'm the best. All the DJs want to feel my breast. <laughs> Eddie Murphy uh, trivia. Do you guys know that he, okay. When they first were producing Batman of all things, hmm. Um, before they figured out what they were going to do with it, and they were thinking, well, Batman's a silly character, right? Because of the old Adam West TV show. The producers floated the idea that it should be uh, Eddie Murphy as Robin, and um, oh, his name escapes me right now. Uh, he's from Ghostbusters. He's the funniest person in Ghostbusters. Bill um, Murray. Bill Murray, and Bill Murray as Batman. That was the original idea oh, from wow. the producers. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, and honestly, looking back, that would have been a fucking amazing movie. That would have been hilarious. That would have been comedy Batman. You know, cooler, cooler has prevailed. Yeah, yeah. And um, I kind of wish they'd done that too. But yeah. anyway, my uh, my number two. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, Amistad. Oh, man. Yeah. Amistad is my number two. Um, Good choice. As far as ranking, solid five. Uh, there, there's not a thing wrong with that movie. Um. Quick, quick aside to the controversy. Uh, you know, we brought color purple earlier. That same controversy that you know the, the color purple garnered. Um, people read Steven Spielberg making Amistad as an apology for the color purple, um, which didn't actually do any better because people in that in, the people who were going to be critical were like, "Oh, now he's trying to make up for it," but it kind of got shafted in that way too. But um, so yeah, it's it's about it's about a uh, a real case the amistad case the case of the uh the slave uprising on the on the, sh on the ship called the amistad during the transatlantic slave trade you must say the last days of the transatlantic slave trade right um actually it was already illegal to to traffic in slaves slavery hadn't been outlawed in america but it was illegal to traffic slaves from africa anymore mm -hmm. um and there was a ship that was on its way to do just that and the slaves uh, rose up killed most of the crew captured a few and tried to sail back to africa um, they ended up landing in America and they were, they were captured and put on trial. And the movie deals with obviously all events around that, that trial. Um, and it's, I'll be honest, the movie presents it as like the straw that broke the camel's back of slavery in America. That's not true, but it did. It's, it's certainly, you might say was a, a big stroke under the oars of, of, uh, emancipation and everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, true story. Incredibly well done. Once again, Steve Spielberg, man, just just a great movie. Um, Jamon Hansu is his first film role. Maybe, maybe I believe it was his first uh, appearance on film as an actor. He had, he had been a model before that and just completely tore it up. Immediately showed he had, you know, uh, instincts and chops as an actor. Um, yeah, great movie. Great movie. 
Yeah, hmm. I I also love this movie. Um, I think it's it's interesting because it's one. If I remember correctly, it's one of Spielberg's like lowest uh, grossing movies, but yeah. it's also one of the highest rated. Um, mm-hmm. And not necessarily amongst critics, but like amongst people who have seen it, you know, like uh, it's it's a really endearing movie. Morgan Freeman, um, you know, is in this uh, actually Matthew McConaughey, um, mm-hmm. not that he's black, but anyway, um, <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's it's I'll allow it. super. <laughs> I love me some McConaughey. It's uh, super well acted. It's a great movie. I really love this movie too. So thank you for putting this on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you What did you say? You give this movie a five? That's a five. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a four. Uh, I think it's really really good. Uh, Why not a five? I'm just curious. What, what I would category? say it didn't necessarily mold me, and I've only seen it That's one fair. time. Uh, okay. It didn't really inspire multiple viewings or anything like that for me. Um, it's, but it's totally worth seeing. And I, I certainly hope if, if people who are listening to this haven't seen it, that they will uh, go out and enjoy it. I'm probably going to lose whatever black card I have left when I admit that I have not seen this movie. <laughs> oh, um, damn. Honestly, they're like, I'm not, it sounds, listening to you guys' description of it, and it sounds like something that I would actually enjoy and should watch. But I don't know. I, I've never gravitated towards slavery type movies. Like mm-hmm. even like roots isn't like a thing that I would say I enjoy to watch, you know, it's like, you right. feel like you're obligated to, but it's not like, so I don't know. So I, I just haven't seen it, but listening to your description, I think it's it would definitely be worth watching and I think it'd be a good movie. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. I'm with Chris on this one. I watched it in high school, but I have not rewatched it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a four. I, I like this type of movie though. So I'm kind of opposite of Omar. Like this is kind of my thing. <laughs> I, okay, Elizabeth loves slavery. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> sorry. No, just the human struggle and how people she just, loves just black fight men for survive. Half naked, <sighs> sweating, even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's in a happy um, place. Sorry, Elizabeth. Anyway, <laughs> so stay here in my closet. Another thing that could be said, I guess, if just respond to what you said, Omar, of, of not really being into this kind of movie. Um, the funny thing about it, okay, so like when I think like a slave narrative or a slave movie or something like that, I do tend to think of something more like a color purple. I guess being mm, okay. a black dude from a fairly, you know, um, militant family, like there is that perspective. Like slave equates to sort of silly, uneducated, weak you know, depictions of black people, which isn't always true necessarily in movies, but that's, that's the, the feeling. The cool thing about this movie is it's, and it was, it was uh, noted when it came out is it's the opposite of that, right? Like all the slaves in the movie are depicted as really very complex, highly intelligent, right. even though they're walking around like barely dressed. It's a really kind of clever way of doing it. Like they don't speak English. Everybody's like, Oh, they're, they're slaves. But then when they translate what they're saying, it's like a lot of witticisms. Um, they kind of start picking up on what's going on around them. There's like the, all the, the internal politics of the, of the, the, uh, the Amistad slaves, once they, you know, freed themselves, like who should we trust the white guys who are trying to defend us in court? Should we not? So in a lot of ways, it sort of subverts what one would expect from a quote unquote, typical sort of slave movie, um, which is one of its, you know, one of its sort of, uh, yeah, it's great. It's great in that way. All right. Well, Amistad is going to get 13 points on the grayscale. That brings us to Omar, your number two black movie of all time. All right. So, I really debated putting this on list at all. Um, (laughs) And the only reason it's, yeah, this is a, I'm struggling to get this one out there 
because I know I'm going to be judged as soon as it comes out of my lips. But 2018. Hey, <laughs> you're, you're safe here, Omar. <laughs> you're safe. Ryan uh, Coogler filmed The Black Panther. Uh, this is this is the Michael B. Jordan movie I was talking about earlier. You got Ch- Ch- Chadwick Boseman, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker's in this one. Obviously, it's in the whole Marvel line superhero deal and it almost seems silly to put on as like a black movie because obviously that was there's so much hype for this movie before it came out um that it was going to be this huge black empowering movie finally a black superhero and i mean it's it's a pretty good movie i guess not the best in the marvel series even close i, I love the character of the black panther but it seemed um maybe a little over the top um with with all of it i i I love the idea of you know wakanda and this magical place with all this technology that's untouched and perfect basically because white man hasn't been able to be like be infiltrate its walls and um obviously so the storyline follows after Captain America Civil War, um, Prince T'Challa returns to Wakanda, Africa to serve as king, um, but he's challenged to the throne and there's this big civil war uh, that threatens to destroy the whole nation and somehow um, this, you know, well not somehow, it's because it's in the whole Marvel line, but Black Panther teams up with the CIA and the Wakanda Special Forces, and you know, to save the day. And so you have you know action. And but the cool thing about it, the thing that I really liked was the idea of this utopian society in Africa that's like highly advanced. And I stick with my choice. <laughs> I'm gonna assuage those feelings of insecurity you have around the movie, man, and be like, actually, that's a legit ass choice. Um, I considered it myself. I did not because, so I, I fundamentally don't really care much for Marvel movies. Um, huge comic book nerd in case we haven't talked about that before. I grew up reading them. I still read them. Um, and so I have some like nerd issues with those, the whole endeavor. That being said, as if we're going to say black movies, um, I had considered it and I still respect that opinion because I think, so like I mentioned earlier, black people in art are often the subject of, of um, okay, this, this is a black movie, right? So it's gotta be about racism. It's gotta be about drugs. It's gotta be about the streets, whatever. And that sort of, if you ask me, reinforces, first off the societal view of the position of black people in the society, but then also like, if you think of being like a young black kid, it tells you this is all we are, right? So then you have a movie like Black Panther that's essentially like, it's a fantasy movie. It's Lord knows there's no such thing as Wakanda. I mean, that's a sad <laughs> thing, right? That the continent yeah. was raped, but like, the fact that you present that idea to black children that you can, I mean, it sounds corny and it's been tried before, but like the idea that like you can be a superhero, you can be a King, you can be intelligent and competent and all this kind of stuff. And to your point, it's a little heavy handed as a superhero. I don't really care for the black Panther because of that. He's kind of silly. He was Marvel's first attempt at a black superhero. So they went balls to the wall. Like he's fucking perfect. He's a genius. And he's a king. Right, and he's a, yeah. <laughs> it was corny that way. But like, just think of being some like seven-year-old black kid, and now you have that. Mm. I'm gonna be Prince T'Challa. That's a fucking great thing. So like, yeah, man, solid. Go with that black movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, it's huge for the community. Like having a black superhero to look up to. And I even saw 
like after it came out lebron and all his little cronies um would always do <laughs> the little x symbol the little wakanda yeah. symbol thing wakanda before yeah, yeah before the games and so it definitely was like a whole um you know black power sort of thing but not in a political but just in a like hey you know like, like you said fantical sort of way like believing your yeah. dreams and you, you know you can do anything so yeah thank you yeah mm-hmm. uh, so i give it i didn't even give it a number so let's uh black panther we're gonna go 4.8 4.8 all right ash what do you give black panther Oof. um aesthetics oh this is, okay i'm gonna say the aesthetics are four right like that's one of those things where special effects isn't just an easy win on this one. I don't know if there were that many complex or well-executed shots in the movie, but it is still aesthetically amazing because it has, you know, a billion dollar budget for special effects. So aesthetics are up there. Uh, acting, I'm going to say similar, maybe on a four, you know, could have been worse. Like nobody's going to win the Academy Awards, but it was entertaining. Watch, uh, I would say I'll give it a, say a three. All right. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Three. Yeah. All right. Help a brother out, man. <laughs> I'm going to use my multiplier on this one, so it's called a six. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Elizabeth, what do you give Black Panther? I've not seen it. Okay. How did that happen? How did I see that and you not see this? You watched it in How your man cave. You watched it in your man cave. <laughs> the kids, like, all right, go get Carmen. I need the only reason the kids have seen this is because they watched the Lego Marvel movies, and so they know all the names of all the characters because of the Lego movies. Yeah. It's Charlotte's favorite superhero. I know, because of the Lego movies. All right, whatever. <laughs> I want some points. <laughs> I um I do have to apologize. I've but to be to be fair here, I've never seen any of the Marvel movies because oh, it's wow. just not my thing. So yeah, You're I, I apologize, but <laughs> uh Black Panther is gonna get a seven point eight. Ouch. on the grayscale. That's really sad. I'm sure it deserves higher. I Listen, I'm a teacher, so all my students after watching this movie are coming up to me making the X and saying Wakanda forever. You know, I mean, I've <laughs> I've seen how it's inspired them. I'm not kidding. I mean, I mean I've mean, i seen how it's inspired them, and I know uh, like Ash was saying, I really appreciate your comment on that, is that it gives, you know, uh, young black people something to, to, to fantasize about and to hope for, and, you know, I love that, and, I, and I've seen that in, in real life and I think that's so cool and and for that reason I may end up going and watching this one um, I mean I haven't even seen Guardians of the Galaxy and apparently that's like the end all say all of Marvel I don't know I've never seen any of them yeah, and the, um, the I just ones. can't I just can't do it sorry I'm gonna bump my score up to a four I guess it won't help it much <laughs> but I just pulled up the rubric and I'm like you know what it works for a lot of these categories it just, right. just wasn't impactful for me but it's okay. bad for everybody else but it's yeah. four okay so Black Panther gets an 8.8 8 on the grayscale then. Very good. Uh, that brings us to Elizabeth. All right. So my number two at this point, because my number two was coming to America, but I've switched it. We're going to go with Hidden Figures, which we've already talked about on the space movies, nice. but it really is such a great movie. I love it. I know last time we talked about this movie, it got a really low score because you guys didn't watch it. So Chris, I hope you've seen it. Ash, I hope you've seen it. Chris, I hope you went back and watched it. Omar, did you go and watch it? I can't remember. You said you have seen parts of it. I don't think you actually saw the whole thing. Was was this that movie or no? I, I have not <laughs> sat down to watch the movie, but it's been on our TV enough times that like, I, I don't know. I feel like I've how much of the movie do I have to watch before I say I've watched the movie? Because I, I mean, I know what it's We've all about. We've had this discussion I've, before. I've you have to watch the entire the... thing. So 
The movie is a, a, a set during the space race with Russia, and it's about the African-American women who are very majorly responsible for getting their rockets up in space. It's based on a book that was written by the same title. Um, I've since read the book um, since doing the last episode, and the book has like a lot more information in it than the movie, which is not a surprise. But um, I absolutely love the actresses in this movie. Uh, Tarija, how do you say her name? Taraji Taraji P. Henson. P. Henson, yeah. And Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Monet? You say it like Monet? Mm. Two fine sisters. And Octavia Spencer. Yeah, you can keep buzzing me. I don't even care. But I like the three of those ladies. I really love Octavia Spencer. She's one of my favorites. And they just do such a fantastic job portraying these women who really were badasses in their time. And, like, they just did their job. They didn't, like, really give a fuck about what anybody thought. They kind of had to. But, they I mean, mm-hmm. like, they had to conform to a point. But at the same time, they're going to push every boundary they possibly can just to get that spaceship up into space. So, anyway, Hidden Figures for me gets a five. All right. Ash, have you seen this? Yeah, I would give it, I'm going to give it a three. Um, what, you know, taking away point for impactfulness. It's a point when you get you start getting older and movies don't impact you the same, right? It's like if a movie's newer, it's going to be hard for it to get, for, to earn that five. Sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. It, it, sorry. Yeah, so it's not going to get the, the, the moldability um, or impact, really. Also, impact, because I was familiar with the, to your point, uh, Elizabeth, I was, I was familiar with it before I saw the movie. Like, the whole human calculator thing they were doing at the time yeah. and the fact that black women were involved I, I knew that um so it was like oh they cool they made a movie about it, it wasn't like it enlightened me sure um and then the uh entertainment value i i thought i don't know i i, I want to say i found the movie corny maybe <laughs> i was just a cynical headspace when i saw it but <laughs> it just struck me as you know trying a little hard in some ways mm-hmm. um but yeah it obviously brilliantly acted uh well directed yes i'll give it a three okay um, well, I mean, I still haven't seen this movie and Omar, it seems like you haven't uh, necessarily seen the entirety of the movie or whatever. I'm just not going to let me vote. <laughs> I mean, Hey, let me give you the opportunity and the space to do it. <laughs> Are you making up for your comment earlier? That's right. <laughs> now nah, it looks like hidden figures is going to get an eight on the gray scale, uh, which is more than I think it got last time. Cause I think maybe you were the only person that had seen I was it. The only one who'd seen it last time. So Hey, yeah. three more points. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to bring me to my second favorite black movie. And actually my second favorite was the color purple. Omar stole that. I made a list of five. So it's going to make me take my fourth movie and bring it down to number two. And that is going to be an absolutely hilarious 1996 Tom Shadyak directed Nutty Professor starring Eddie Murphy. Once again, Eddie Murphy got two two votes (laughs) in multiple roles. Jada Pinkett Smith's in this one. And actually the first time I ever remember seeing Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Um, Really? Yes. Oh, me too. Actually. Nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That dinner scene though. Oh my God. (laughs) So this movie, if you haven't seen it about Colin Clinton, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talk about quotability. Um, So this movie is about an obese college professor named Sherman Klump. It's actually a remake of an old movie, but they, Mm -hmm. you know, they've taken a lot of license with it, uh, who invents a potion that'll turn him skinny. uh, And he becomes this character that he invents buddy love, but it's only for a short time. And then of course he, he goes back to being the fat guy again. Um, Eddie Murphy, once again, playing multiple roles. He plays almost the entire, of 
of his whole family, uh, the grandma, um, <laughs> his mother, his dad, you know, and it's so funny, like them around the dinner table, like you were talking about. Yeah, it's hilarious. And the, the grandma, she's like super horny and God, it's so crazy. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah. It's similar. It's coming to America, right? He played multiple roles with yeah. a professor. That was probably more, um, iconic if you will yeah like, uh, like that's been referenced more like in pop culture oh yeah that setting of like the family paid by the same person yeah it's yeah it was great yeah he actually this is he also plays another white guy in this movie do you guys know who it is no he plays richard simmons <laughs> yes that's right that's right he did yeah <laughs> Oh my God. It's so funny too. I have to it's go back so and watch great. this movie again. Uh, but this is the first time I can remember laughing almost for an entire movie. Uh, whenever I went and saw this in the theater. So great. And the scene in the nightclub, whenever, <laughs> um, you know, Dave Chappelle comes out as Reggie and, um, takes off his hat. He's like, Reggie, put your head back on. It's like, I've heard of dreadlocks, but not shitlocks. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh it's so God. fucking funny. It's so great. I had dreads when I was a kid and people used to say that shit to me constantly. <laughs> so you just brought back some horrible memories, actually. Oh man, that's a bummer. I'm going to give this movie a fucking two because of that. <laughs> and I'm going to go see his counselor after this. Exactly. <laughs> well, I love this movie and I rewatch it every now and again, just because of how funny it is. Um, like I said, Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedians of all time. I can't give this movie anything less than a five. I'm sorry. Mm. it's so great don't apologize i'll give it a four i'll give it a four it's a really hilarious movie and it's one of those things if you think of eddie murphy you think of a night professor like i mentioned yeah. it earlier when we were talking about it so yeah yeah i'll give it a four same mm. yeah four probably because of the the aesthetics category i don't think it did much dynamically visually you might have the winner there chris like I said, you never know. The white guy might end up winning on this one. Uh, the Nutty Professor is going to get a 17 on the grayscale. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. That means that, Ash, let's hear about your number one favorite black movie of all time. So I may take another L on this one. It may be something not everybody's seen, um, which I think is just interesting. Let's call it what it is, right? Let's, it's interesting. The secret lesson in this whole episode is go out and watch more black movies, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some of the best ones, man. Like I've seen a lot. Like nobody's seen is that people you just see them when you're black growing up. Honestly, like it's not not a mainstream thing. Yeah. But um, X. You know. Um, Malcolm. Yeah. Anybody see this one? The movie about Malcolm X. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um. So I mean, obviously, a synopsis isn't really all that necessary. <laughs> Denzel. Denzel Washington is Malcolm X. Yeah. Come on. Uh, directed by god his name escapes me at the moment you know spike lee jesus christ yeah um so i guess things to be said about it aside from it being a biopic and really one of the i think one of the best biopics ever made i guess i'll get into that right so i feel like most biopics really whitewash the person who it's about mm. um and they'll have some little dark struggle to get into but it's always really very good it's probably one of the most formulaic um genres of movies biopics they, they shouldn't be they don't have to be because humans are are really interesting right but a lot of times biopics just do the whole, you know, he had a struggle growing up, he had drug addiction, whatever, and then he gets over it and they always ended on a high note. It's always that thing of like, and then he went on to, to rock the show at this concert and, and then some corny little uh, on-screen coda to tell you the rest of the story. Right. Well, X doesn't do that. It's the entire life of him. Um, every controversy, it shows his, his real transformation from, you know, going to uh, obviously being first of all, a pimp and a drug dealer mm -hmm. um, to becoming a Muslim. And then of course, it's, whole time with the black Muslims and 
really sort of unapologetically depicts the, the sort of racism of that, but then without him knowing it, right? So if you watch the movie, while he's with the black Muslims, he's being incredibly like prejudiced towards white people. And it seems like that's, that's okay. Cause the, the, the director isn't judging that in that scene, but then by the end, he realizes that wasn't the true Islam and, and Islam shouldn't acknowledge race and all sort of stuff. So, um, and then all the way up to, to his death, like it's just, it's the entire story and a lot of biopics don't really do that. So that's really cool. Uh, but aside from that, um, it, it's probably Spike Lee's, I think best movie as far as yeah. directorial choices. Um, one of the best things about it is the ending. It does a really cool sort of falling action where it's a montage of, of uh, the world after Malcolm X sort of to highlight his, his impact on society with a, a narration by Ozzie Davis, who was a, a very prolific black actor who I believe in real life gave Malcolm X's uh, eulogy. <laughs> and he reads his eulogy over this montage. Oh, wow. So it's like an extra like five minutes of this sort of dreamy montage sequence with, with um, Ozzie Davis reading his eulogy. And it's an incredibly well-written eulogy. I, I could I could go on. I don't want to take too much time. But yeah, the movie's just really, really kind of a powerhouse. If you haven't seen it, you should. Um, but one of my white friends was watching it with me, and he was like, by the end, he was like, honestly, I was uncomfortable. It's about Malcolm X. And so in that way, I, I get that, right? It's a figure who, for most of his public life, was no friend to white people. So um, it, it's it's interesting in that way, I guess, um, if you're not, you know, black kid growing up in Oakland watching it. But if you can get past that, um, it's just a fucking spectacular movie. Like yeah. I said, everything about it, really. Um, and I know I keep saying this thing about the aesthetics and when you have like low budget movies sort of helmed by black people, you don't tend to have the budget for, for good aesthetic uh, equipment and choices. But it actually somehow still pulls that off. Just the use of lighting in certain scenes is magical. Um, Spike Lee's always been kind of an underrated aesthetic powerhouse. Some of the shots are, are set up really well. Um, use of like crane. Um, it's just everything about the movie is really good, man. Um, obviously, the acting. Controversy-wise, it's one of the things where uh, both Spike Lee and Denzel Washington probably should have got Oscar nominations for it and completely snubbed the Oscars that year. And then if you ask me years later, they had to give Denzel something right, so they gave him Training Day, which I was kind of like, bro, you get kind of a, the black man, a cliche Oscar playing like a horrible person. You should have gave it to him 20 fucking years ago for playing Malcolm X mm-hmm. and absolutely destroying it. So it's things like that about the movie. Go back and watch it and just think of it in that context. And it's, uh, man, it's something. Probably obvious we're giving this a five. Okay. Yeah. Young Denzel. I mean, come on. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. The thing for me, like you're talking about the obvious black-white struggle in the movie. But then you also, for me growing up, in you know kind of conservative christian circles conservative white christian circles um you know it's the christian muslim thing and for some reason my entire life malcolm x was always compared to martin luther king like there's the right way and the wrong way of trying to create change sort of thing um yeah and so um it was i had that bias going into it um but yeah, it's a great movie. Um, my feelings, obviously, going into it, coming out of it, my feelings t- towards Malcolm X were a lot different. I mean, I didn't have negative feelings towards him to begin with, but obviously I was not pro-violence or anything like that. But anyway, so yeah, it was good. Great movie. Great choice. Let's go 4.7. 4.8. Okay. 4.8. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen Malcolm X? I have not. Okay, I actually haven't seen this movie either, and I know oh. I know that I need to see it. Silly white people. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I, I love Spike Lee. I mean, do the right thing. Black Klansman. I, I mean, he's awesome. And I know I need to watch this movie. So I'm going to add that to the list. Uh, there's a growing list of movies that I'm hearing about and need to watch. And this is one of them. Uh, Malcolm X gets a 9.8 on the grayscale. As problematic as his legacy is, as far as the way you said it, Omar, beautifully, like the the, the dichotomy between like, you know, make peace versus, you know, we'll, we'll earn our, our freedom by any means necessary. That being the, the subtle threat of violence as problematic as that is. And it's, it's said in the movie during the eulogy, the best way to think of him, if you have any sort of ambivalence is, is uh, in his eulogy, he said, Malcolm was our manhood, our living black manhood is that sort of quote of him after his death. It was the idea that like, while we may not, it may not be the best way to go about securing civil rights through violence, um, Similar to what we said about Black Panther, it was about the example that you could be a black man who wasn't going to be apologetic for being black, wasn't going to make peace because he couldn't make war, but you're going to be like strong, you know, respect yourself as a man, respect your society, say, you know, we're equal by every measure, goddammit, we'll, we'll have our equality. That's really the, the, the point, if you will, of the, of, of the man in, in the movie. And so just, I would say, appreciate that if nothing else. If you do come, if you do watch the movie and you come away being like, ah, it was kind of problematic. I mean, just understand that. It's what's getting all those things like black people needed that at the time. Yeah. And even now I look back and I'm like, yeah, sometimes I have a little bit of that Malcolm X in me that like black manhood, you know, that's, um, that's really the point. Sorry. I had to say that. No, that's good. That's real good. No. And anything, uh, really to measure man is the legacy, you know, that they leave behind. And, and it really seems like the legacy of Malcolm X, like in America is, is huge. Um, and the, and the impact it had on black America. So, I mean, overall, like definitely a positive impact. And, and I think for me, my biggest takeaway from, you know, growing up like that would be like, why do we have to compare? Um, you know, it was two, exactly. it was two, yeah. it was two great men who were doing a great thing for, for their people, you know, and their community mm-hmm. and, and doing it their way. And we need more of that and less, you know, comparing one to the other. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, my number one pick <laughs> for <laughs> black movies that molded me, um, definitely high, high on my list. Um, best soundtrack, probably one of the first albums ever bought best first C's ever bought. Um, Talking Friday, 1995, uh, <laughs> written by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh and uh, directed by F. Gary Gray. Um, has Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, uh, Nia Long in it. It's a hilarious, hilarious movie. Um, one of those things, uh, 1995, I was in middle school going into high school. Uh, stoner kid, all my friends, we just would rewatch this movie on repeat. Um, so many quotable lines. It's hilarious <laughs> if you have nothing to do on a on a Saturday, like you know, pop it in, roll up a couple of J's, and it's it, the story is um, <laughs> basically Craig, the main character, is, is Ice Cube gets fired on his day off on a Thursday, <laughs> which was the day before. And they're Friday it's on a Friday now. And he's hanging out with his buddy Smokey and they have not shit to do. And then they find out that a uh, big worm comes around looking for his money or his, or his product his weed. And that, cause they owed uh, big worm money and had no money cause Craig got fired. And so there's like, 
get that drama there. And you have uh, Debo on the prowl. It's the neighborhood bully. It's still in people's bikes. And then uh, you had Craig crushing hard on Debbie, which was Nia Long, who is gorgeous and just so fun. I mean, the... My, fa- <laughs> my favorite scene comes at the very <laughs> end. I mean, there's some really good quotable lines uh, with Big Perm. I mean, Big Worm. And uh, <laughs> and at the, at the very end when uh, basically Craig stands up to Debo and there's the fight scene and <laughs> Debo gets knocked out laying there on the ground and uh, you have Smokey's snare on top of him, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. like, probably one of the most quoted lines in movie history frankly yeah. so so yeah that's uh it made my number one i feel ashamed like looking at eskia's list and all of his he- oh heady like black empowering movies and i'm i'm over here picking like marvel super- you got the color Mar- purple marvel superhero and like B- black guys who get fired on their day off and <laughs> so, so, so they're not going to pay the weed man. Similar to Black Panther, bro. I would say it's that same thing, right? Like uh, my list is it's all heady or whatever, but like, let me eat my own words here. Like you need both sides of that. Like that's the beauty of, of comedy and fantasy and all kinds of stuff. That's the full human uh, experience and expression. So like, those are just as fucking valid. Like everything can't be this heavy study of black struggle like it's that's kind of exactly my point that's a problem like it's coincidentally these are my favorite movies but like you know fucking black panther friday like you need that too man yeah so so yeah i give it a five all right ash what do you give friday damn it i'm gonna say four um <laughs> just because of that pesky aesthetic maybe i'm sticking too closely to the rubric here you are break the rules <laughs> all right let's let's call it a five then because it's a, it's a great movie um I'm going to say aesthetics. I'm, I'm going to justify this. One. I'm going to give that point for aesthetics because of, uh, was that that lady across the street that they were crushing on? Yeah, she's that aesthetic point right there because she was fine. So I remember right when I was a kid being like, oh, damn, hold up. Like, yes, yeah, so that, that works she's, for me. She's always in those booty shorts gardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, have you seen Friday? Oh, I, I think I've seen it actually. Um, yes. I'm going to give it a... I, I'm, I, I'm going to give it a three only because um, I haven't rewatched it. Does your mother it. know I'm, you've seen this movie? My mother doesn't know half the stuff I watch or do. <laughs> she doesn't want to know. Um, so yeah, we're going to go with a three there because I don't know that it molded me that much. I just haven't rewatched it enough times. In the same vein, I'm going to give it a three. I think it's a very funny movie. It's definitely something I watched, uh, with some friends whenever I was a kid, I haven't rewatched it. Um, I don't know why, because I, I do remember enjoying this movie. It's a definitely stoner movie. So all of the stoners out there right now, right in infuriated <laughs> about, about this score right now. Uh, it's going to give uh, Friday a 16 on the grayscale, which is actually pretty good. So that means that Friday's now uh, in third place, uh, which is a, a really good place to be. Elizabeth, what is your first favorite black movie of all time? So my favorite is The Help, a 2011 movie starring Viola Davis, Emma Stone, and Octavia Spencer. There's a second shout out for her. Um it goes back to the fifties in the South and how uh, stories of the help. Basically, Emma Stone is from a rich white family, but she does not like her privilege necessarily, and she is friends with all of the help and decides to write a book about the help. And they, uh, these ladies, are risking a lot by sharing their stories and 
that's it's what they do. They they end up sharing their stories and it's the ramifications of what happens when the help shares stories about working for these privileged white people or entitled white people rather. I loved the movie. It molded me. I watched it with Omar's grandma actually and we cried. We sat yeah. in the theater and cried. <laughs> and wow. uh, I thought it was a fantastic fantastic movie. Great look at um the South in the fifties and Omar's grandma having lived in the South in the fifties or having, I don't know if she was in the South in the fifties, but having lived through the fifties and Kansas, she was in Kansas at that point. Okay. Well, either way, uh, it might as well be the South. Yeah. She'd seen a lot of this mm-hmm. firsthand. So uh, from her, her white lady perspective, but still, um, yeah, it was, um, it was a very good movie. I really liked it. Also based on a book. I'm giving it a five. I kind of want to buzz you because it was in the 60s, but okay. 60s, um, Elizabeth's me. giving it... <laughs> uh, Elizabeth's giving The Help a five. Uh, have either of you, Omar or Ash, seen The Help? I'm be honest, I have not. I missed that one. I know. I don't right. want to be honest here either. I want to lie and try to give you a score, babe, but I can't. I have not seen this movie. <laughs> it's okay. We we do own this one because I love it so much. And I mean, have you seen you it, Chris? to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen it. Um, I like I like movies to empower women. <laughs> Just do. Yeah, no, th- I think this is an empowering movie, mm-hmm. and it you know it's based on a true story. But the part that really stuck with me this movie was when Octavia Spencer puts her own feces <laughs> in a baked item um, and feeds shit. it to the white folk. <laughs> <laughs> Eat my shit. Holy shit. It's pretty intense. It it is. It is pretty intense. It's awesome. (laughs) It is definitely well acted. It's it's got a lot of really great actors. Octavia Spencer's great. Um, You know, there's, like you said, uh, Emma Stone's in it, Jessica Chastain, some other Mm -hmm. people. Um, It's a good movie. I... I don't know that I love it. I would give it a 3.5 on the grayscale. So the help is going to get 8.5 total. It needs some help. Which it does need some help. I lost this game. Chris, what's your movie? Well, not yet. (laughs) Dude, I didn't even make it to your first score. All right. All right, Chris. My number one movie, black movie of all time, is going to be 2017 Jordan Peele written and directed Get Out, uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Allison Williams, and Bradley Whitford. It's a masterpiece first, like directorial debut from Jordan Peele. Uh, it's so good. The cinematography is incredible. The writing is incredible. It's so witty and dark at the same time. Um, it's crazy. It's hard to have like a movie that you can take serious where you'll be actually frightened in one scene, but then like laughing in another and you're taking the movie seriously. Like that's a hard thing to do. And Jordan Peele really pulls that off in this movie. Uh, the synopsis is that the, there's this uh, guy played by Daniel Kaluuya named Chris Washington, and he's apprehensive about going to meet uh, his girlfriend's parents for the first time. And I'm not going to spoil the movie because it is pretty recent, but let's just say things go very South once he arrives. Um, and the allegory, I guess you could say of this movie is that it, the film takes a lot of jabs at like the white knight mentality of like the woke quote unquote woke white folks. Um, but it also exposes the fact that society really does have a 
long way to go in eradicating systemic racism uh, and racism in general. Um, but it does so in a way that you can laugh, but also be terrified, you know? So it's, it's, it's really interesting, man. It's such a great movie. I loved it. It made my top five in 2017 and uh, it just sticks with you. And I've seen it multiple times now, even though it's pretty recent, I'm not going to spoil it. You got to watch it. If you haven't seen it, have you all seen get out? No, <laughs> get out. <laughs> I, sorry, Chris. I haven't seen it. Oh man. I've heard really good things about it, but you said, is it kind of classified as a horror movie? It's yeah. classified as a horror movie. That's, I think yeah, I think that's been my main reason that that's kind of like one of the last genres I gravitate towards. I mean, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like if it's around Halloween time, maybe I want to watch something like that, but I don't know. But it yeah. sounds like, I'd yeah, I shot. wouldn't watch it, it if it's horror movie. I wouldn't watch it. But you got to watch it. It's really not horror. You know what I mean? Like it is, but it's not. Yeah. Sixth Sense gave me nightmares for years. This is not as scary as Sixth Sense. Pocahontas gave you nightmares, babe. Shut up. was singing to me. <laughs> my man, I have not seen it out. Oh. And it's, it's on my list. Like, that's one of those movies that came out during a period of like high work tempo for me. Right. And it's just been hard for me to see movies in recent times for that yeah. reason. But it's one of those. I'm, I've been trying to see it. I just haven't got around to it yet. Uh, that and the next one he did. Because I hear they're both fucking brilliant. Uh, I didn't love Us, the the next one he did. I, I, I thought that one was definitely not near as good. Um but still entertaining. I, you know, go see it. But man, Get Out was great. It was so, absolutely so fantastic. So what's your score then, Chris? You know, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Yeah, I love it. And that's what it's going to get. Great. Give us our definitive five. I've got our list of who the winners are. Let me have a drum roll for the definitive top five black movies of all time. Here we go. <laughs> uh, coming in at number five with 13 points on the grayscale is Amistad. Nice. nice. Good job, Ash. In fourth place with 13.2 points, just slightly above Amistad, is... Omar's pick, The Color Purple. Wow. In third place. should be higher. With, yeah, I think so, too. I, I love that movie. Um, but, you know, it's all good. Uh, in third place with 16 points is also Omar picked Friday. So good job on that. Uh, in second place with 17. I don't know how the fuck this movie got in second place. <laughs> okay. It's great. But with 17 points uh, in second place is the nutty professor <laughs> and in first place if you pick movies that elizabeth has seen then <laughs> you, you can get it's true points. uh this movie is in my opinion it deserves first place uh coming in at 17.7 points we have coming to america in first place i'm okay with that all right yeah it's a good list, guys. It was one of my runner runner ups, so like, yeah, yeah totally, that makes good. sense. Good one. I so, really thought I'm glad it should it be on there. Elizabeth's list. It was on my list. Chris said it before I did, so yes, it was on my list. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, in fourth place is me <laughs> with twenty one point <laughs> eight points because I'm the only one who's seen Ooh, my movies. <laughs> that's painful. Ash came in, yeah. Ash came in third place with twenty-seven point eight points. A black man came in third place on Black History Month. What the fuck? What it gets fuck? worse. <laughs> I have this horrible feeling it's going to get a lot worse. In second place is 
Omar with 38 points, which leaves Chris <laughs> winning the Black History Month with so 39.7 points. So that we had earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then you should just double mine and get a score and we're, then we'll be done. This is such a good microcosm for America, right? <laughs> Isn't that you know, interesting? The actual black dude come in last and then like Omar's like the Obama equivalent, like oh, he's just half white. So like, is he really the first black president or just like the forty-fourth white president? <laughs> and then the white guy's still like, yeah, it's Black History Month, motherfucker, but it's still, still my country. So, oh my goodness, no, that's, uh, my uh, podcast, <sighs> my rubric. Yeah, he even made exactly. he even made the rubric and how we vote on these black movies. Well, yeah, see, there you go. I'm the one that wrote the rules, so therefore I'm the one that's going to win, yeah, right? See, the game is rigged. <laughs> Systemic bias. Boo this man! All right. It was it was still fun though. No, it's fun, and and I'll say, I mean, I'll, before I go, I'll just reiterate what I said. Honestly, like seriously, kind of lightweight to me. The lesson here, bro, watch more like black movies. Like, there's the big mainstream ones that everybody's seen, and I'll be honest, like let's just. The ones that won are those ones, right? Everybody's seen Coming to America. Everybody's seen Mary yeah. Professor. But like, there's a ton of movies out there that I remember watching when I was a kid. Not even mentioning, you know, I just did top three, but like Menace of Society, New Jack City, yeah. Across 110th Street, In the Heat of the Night, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, CB4. Like there's so many movies oh, out CB4. there that I don't think most people have seen. And they're fucking great. They are, yeah. You know, but nobody's seen them. So like, That's there's right. no way they win a popularity contest. But uh, And Will Smith yeah. didn't make our list at all. This is a travesty. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, mm. I disagree with you. That that's a travesty. Nick Cannon did. Walk that away. is a travesty. Walk away. Walk away. <laughs> so Ash, thanks. Thank you once again for coming on. Always a pleasure. I'll, I love your insight on you know whether it be movies or war <laughs> or philosophy. <laughs> um, you're a great guy to have around and talk to, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Take care, y'all. Bye. I, I would just like to say that I deserve every single point because Omar wins most of the time. Oh man, so you don't let's not anything. whatever, whatever. <laughs> let's not let's not forget that point that you win most of the time. Okay, so I can win every now and again. Can I do a couple honorable mentions since I lost so terribly? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do a couple too. Okay, so the other ones, some of the other ones that were um, on my list to consider were so Independence Day because it. Not because it was a good movie, but because it was one of the first movies I watched at a girly sleepover, and I thought we were watching chick flicks, and we watched Independence Day. So there was that. <laughs> um, the Last Holiday. I don't know if I would consider that a black film. It had Will Smith. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last Holiday and Beauty Shop, both starring Queen Latifah. And The Secret Life of Bees was the one I couldn't put my finger on and I found it as we were talking. So that would have made my list had I found it before we started recording. Um, House Party and Ride Along are two comedies. House Party? Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was House, a hilarious movie. House Party movie. almost made my list too, honestly. Oh man, the I haven't thought scene. about that I mean, seriously. But so Kid and Play. Those two um, were also on my list. Honorable mentions. Yeah, I, my honorable mentions, uh, so I thought about Undercover Brother. Uh, which is a fantastic movie. Uh, the Ladies' <laughs> Man, uh, also another really funny movie. Uh, Black Klansman. I know I mentioned it whenever we did the Spike Lee movie, uh, Malcolm X, but Black Klansman would have been the one that I would have... Uh, it would have been one of my backups uh, had um, had one of you all taken one of the other ones. 
And, and I think there's so much good black art to celebrate. And I'm so glad that we decided to do this episode and hopefully people have heard some, uh, some picks that they'll go out and check out that they've never thought about checking out before for sure. Yeah. And we didn't get any Richard Pryor movies on here, which were great. Obviously oh, also yeah. in the nineties, uh, was it the toy that he was in? Things like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, that's right. And then obviously I'm, I'm glad that we, shouted out a lot of Eddie Murphy stuff, but I mean, Beverly Hills cop wasn't mentioned. Um, right. Even more recently with Dolomite is my name. Um, no bad boys, you know, as far as we're going to talk about Will Smith movies, that's definitely got to be on yeah. there. Um, so white man can't jump, you know, there's some, some snipe, uh, Wesley snipe movies that could, we could have talked about that were really good as well. It's funny that you mentioned kid and play. Cause that actually was, on the modability for some reason, um, stuck around a lot. They also had a cartoon too, um, that I, I watched a lot when I was a kid. Um, I don't think they made too many. I think I had like, like a one season, but the dead presidents trading day. Um, mm. I think a point that he made about just going out and kind of being more intentional about watching black movies or movie like movies made by black people. Cause it seems like a lot of times, um, those movies end up being more for a community and don't get as many watched and views. And that's probably why they don't get as many mentions in the Oscars and things like that. And so that really is kind of more reflection on, you know, I, I can say, I guess us as, you know, like white people too, I can speak for both white, both sides of the fence on there, you know? So like, you know, just, um, there's some really good stuff out there. We just have to step outside of our, what we normally watch. So, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so listeners, Thanks once again for joining us on Movies That Molded Me. Um, Join us next week when Chris cheats once again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever you think about me cheating or not, make sure you go and hit us up on social media. Let us know what you liked. Uh, Also, you can really do us a huge favor. It'll only take you a couple of seconds by going down there on the podcast app and hitting that fifth star to give us a five-star rating. Uh, And if you're up to it, leave us a a review and we would really appreciate that. Help get the word out. And if you love movies that molded me, why don't you think about supporting us? Go over to patreon.com slash movies that molded me. And for $1 a month, you can join our fan club. Come on the show. We're also on Instagram and Twitter as well. So find us there. And we love to get suggestions as well. So if there are topics you would like us to cover to if you want to hear some of our favorites let us know hit us up on any of those socials that's going to do it for our episode on black movies thank you so much for joining us 